to the ADHD Deep Dive, the show that's not about ADHD, but is filled with proof it exists. My name is David J. Mund, and if you're watching the video version, would you look at this? Um, I got a stand-up desk that I would not have otherwise been able to have gotten, uh, if not for my friend Olivia, who was selling it to me for... Um, let's just say a stupid deal. Um, this crinkling you hear is me throwing away the remains of what you can see. I scotch taped the microphone to a, well, it's not scotch tape, it's packing tape, um, to a like clamp stand that I have here mounted to the desk. Also, I haven't done this on camera. This could fuck everything up, but to prove that it is a stand-up desk, not only a stand-up desk. Oh, it's supposed to go up and down. It's not plugged in. Hang on, let me plug in my desk. <laughs> uh, that was extremely anticlimactic. Um, but where's the right plug? Where is it, David? Okay, here we go. Ready? And down. Hey, so cool. And it goes up, which means unfortunately, oh no, how do I have this? You've seen that I'm wearing shorts. That's not good. That's not professional. I think you've seen uh, by now that I have pretty much sat. No, I've sat for every single episode, which I get is fine. That's like, what would you do? It, it's like a comfy fireside chat type thing, right? I don't know, but once I was offered this desk for the price it was offered to me for, I could not pass it up. And then I figured like, it's a great place to put a bunch of plants that I will probably be popping in and out of the studio, unfortunately, uh, because there's just not enough light in here right now. I switched rooms again. I've done this so many times in this apartment. Um, basically my roommate lives up in a loft that we have, we share a living room and a kitchen and a bathroom, but there's two rooms on the main floor and one of them is my office and one of them is my bedroom. And I keep kind of switching them. Um, I think now I've gotten to the point where the office and the bedroom are just gonna kind of be the same thing. And um, the studio, this will be the studio. So I'll try to keep all the lights set up um, as they are. And yeah, I'll have to move the plants in and out so that they can get proper amounts of light. As you can see with these two here, my roommate's cat has done plenty of chomping on these. Um, and so be it. I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of just grass. I don't actually know what they're called. There's some type of fern. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm loving the plant collection and how uh, rapidly it's expanding, but um, there's a lot of shit that I have that I don't really know what it is or what type of plant it is, or even I, a lot of them, I don't remember where I got them. Uh, but you know, so be it. And this um, is still like a temporary backdrop that we've got here. It's kind of given me like old school, like Ray William Johnson vibes. Uh, I don't remember the equals three. What was it? Equals three? Yeah. Um, he just had like a bunch of pictures and collages of things and that was his backdrop and I kind of remember trying to emulate that at one point in my room because I would like my room for a little while was one of the rooms in the basement uh at the house that I grew up in and uh yeah I just it had like cement walls because it was a basement and uh, I just remember probably taping up a bunch of pictures in the corner going along either wall so that it was that like, you know, when you shoot towards a corner, it, it makes it look like it's a bigger room, whatever. I just had a shit ton of pictures and that was, I was trying to emulate Ray William, jo William Johnson, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, what are we talking about today? I actually put out a call out on my Instagram and I think I actually shared it to my other social medias as well. Um, but there's this app called NGL which I assume stands for not gonna lie. It's like a, it's like an old, uh, you remember truth is, if you're not already familiar with this, I'm sure I'm explaining an app to you that you're already aware of. Um, basically it's just an anonymous commenting app. So 
I can post a link to my Instagram or whatever. You can post the link wherever, and then anybody can comment anonymously. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people, or some people who do listen to the podcast, who I know would like to engage in a particular way, in a certain way, I keep saying particular, but in, in a certain way, um, don't necessarily want their names out there. So it looks like this is a more palatable way for people to submit their questions or topics or whatever, because I've put call outs before and it just seems like people are more intimidated with like attaching their actual name to it or, you know, they have this cool thing, but they don't want to express themselves because they might get rejected or whatever. Anyways, the fact that this is anonymous definitely leads to <laughs> some, um, some bullying, uh, that, that happens. People just, you know, they hide behind anonymity, just like, you know, you've been on the internet, you understand how this goes. Um, and maybe we'll actually come back to a small discussion about growing up with or without the internet, because I thought about something earlier, uh, yesterday afternoon, just about how crazy it is for millennials, at least my age to have grown up right before, like we grew up with the internet, but we grew up right before the boom of social media. So it's like, for a lot of people, the internet and social media are kind of synonymous that they've, and at least for Gen Zers or younger or whatever the generations are at this point. But um, all I'm saying is the generation that we grew up in had access to the internet, but not the woes of social media. And it kind of felt like a bit of a golden age, you know, right before the world started to fall apart and burn. Speaking of burning, before we get into some of this stuff, I'm still congested, as you may have heard throughout the past couple of podcasts, and I still have what I believe is an inner ear infection. Um, I live in Michigan, which just recently had the worst air quality in the country, not just Michigan, but Grand Rapids, where I live more specifically, because of the Canadian wildfires. There was like a day where the entire sky was just completely covered in smoke and fog and I had no idea what was going on. And I was like going on a walk with the dogs. My throat started getting really scratchy and it's like, you know, every once in a while there's poor air quality. It, it happens. It's kind of a scary new world we live in. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go for a walk. I take my dogs for multiple walks every day anyways. And there was a couple people who I see regularly on my walk who were like, what do you think of all this? Like, what do you mean? They're like, the smoke coming in. It's like giving me end of days vibes. And I try to like laugh it off. I was like, huh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy out there. I mean, the sky was like a weird hue. And it, like, yeah, like I said, it was extremely difficult to breathe that day, but I thought it was just a thing. And then of course you start getting the pings on your phone. And yeah, the wildfires from Canada all dumped in, the smoke dumped in over top of Michigan and just kind of hovered and settled as the Great Lakes kind of swept them all up. And Grand Rapids was right in the center of that, had the worst air quality in the in the country. And I got to say, I saw somebody actually post on social media that like <laughs> their throat feels like they smoke like 10 packs or smoked like 10 packs of Marlboro Reds. I feel that. It's a really like... I don't know, unnerving, unsettling scratchiness. I mean, it's like you're breathing in the tiniest splinters, right? And it was, and, and as I reflect, yeah, it is this like strangely doomsday apocalypse type vibes. And I know you can't allow yourself to go there mentally, but man, that was a scary, strange time. And it seems to have started to pass. Um, air quality seems like it's returning to normal, but I mean, for people in sensitive groups, and I mean, even I don't consider myself in a sensitive group and I had a really tough time with that. And, um, you know, you could even see it like affecting dogs. Like I couldn't bring my dogs outside for longer than like five minutes before they'd start like coughing, just aggressive and terrifying. And a stark reminder of this world that we are headed into as the climate changes um you know not even weighing into the man-made human caused climate change factors which i do believe in to be clear i don't think it's necessarily controversial to weigh in on that i think the science is out that you know this is kind of a product of our own making but it is a whether you believe in that or not 
the climate is changing and it's kind of insane to reflect on the fact that this will be sort of our new reality for a while. Um, I didn't think I was going to go there, but hey, look at that. ADH deep dive. Here we go. Um, so like I said, I put out a call out on social media through the app NGL um, and quite a few of you submitted. Um, or at least quite a few people on my social media submitted. I don't know if they necessarily listen to this. In fact, there's one that will come up that I know you don't listen to, so I'm gonna call you out directly because you're not listening right now anyway. Um, let's just start, let's start light. One of the first ones I got, someone asked me, what's your worst habit? And, oh, you know what? This might be my worst habit. Just setting things down and leaving them there. That was kind of an ironic, I didn't think that was actually going to be the thing, but we can, let's dive into that. Um, I even, let's say, let's say a week ago, could have been a little bit more, could have been a little bit less, um, whipped myself up into a tizzy of, I don't know if I'd call it a panic attack, but maybe you can relate if you, if you do this type of thing. I was, um, I was vacuuming, uh, and most of the apartment is completely hardwood floor. Uh, so I've just got one of those like hardwood floor vacuums. You don't need some big industrial one. Um, and then, you know, to go on top of it, I'll Swiffer. Uh, but the hardwood floor, like the part with the wheels, the attachment you can, is detachable, obviously in, in the word attachment. Um, and then you can just use regular part as like a little sucker or pop another attachment on the, on the front of it. Anyways, I set the wheels down, the wheels part down in a, strange obscure place and lost it for like a good 90 minutes and so I'm like halfway done cleaning the house everything's kind of like set out to the side and kind of like you know when you're moving stuff around things you got to kind of put stuff in the way to get behind things and then you got to move it. so everything's still kind of in the way because I'm getting behind stuff with the sucker but I've lost the wheels and I'm like turning over every, every single object in this freaking house to find it. And I ended up having to like take a break because I'm just sitting and sweating. And it's freaking, I'm actually surprised I don't have the fan on right now. It's like 90 degrees in here, but this room, because I'm kind of keeping the shades shut now that I'm not occupying it in any way. Um, uh, it's been, it's staying relatively cool, so I don't need it on right now. Subject to change in maybe 10 to 15 minutes if it gets ridiculously hot. Um, but where was I going? Uh, oh yeah, it's been freaking 90 degrees every damn day. So I've, like I said, whipped myself up into a frenzy looking for these wheels. I go to sit down in my bed and like throw a little mini tantrum. And as I get up from my bed, I like feel something kind of hard. I'm like what the hell? It's it's under my mattress. And it like that type of stuff when I do that type of thing, it makes me so angry because there's a rational side of me. There's a there's a part of me in the moment that I'm sure when I set it down, I'm like no. I don't know why. I don't know why I put it under the mattress. I got to be real about that. But more often than not, like with the keys, I'll set them on a coffee table or I'll set them on top of the dresser or whatever, thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm really like, and I really do mean it. I'm going to be back in 30 seconds. I set it down. I go grab something and I come back. And I do think that this is an ADHD thing. I don't, I actually really don't know how to talk about it in that sense because to a certain degree, yeah, it's like a silly thing. I, I should remember anytime the keys leave my hand, hang them up or put them on the exact same spot. Put everything exactly where I usually leave it in the same spot always. But that's not real. That's not realistic, right? Like you don't set your phone down. If it's not in your pocket, you don't always set it on something over here or uh, you don't always hang it up or whatever. But... Yeah, I would, I would say arguably one of my worst habits is setting things down and then immediately losing it. And I don't know 
you know what? I think I am working my way into somewhat of a of an excuse here, but it's sort of the same thing with like processing information. I don't think I don't think I'm losing it. I don't think I'm so much careless that I'm like as soon as I get a bit a bit of information, I think to myself, oh, "Well, I'm never going to need to remember that. Fuck that. It's gone." To, to a degree where like it's it's offensive accidentally sometimes. And I'm saying I don't do that. That that's not my intention. But sometimes I can process something that's like legitimately important. Like you could a rough example um, is like, you know, someone in my life's like greatest tragedy that happened with them was losing their their mother unexpectedly, right? And whoa, I'm going to a dark place. Uh, but someone lost their mother unexpectedly. And it was like one of the most devastating things in their life. Um, and I helped them actually work through that to a capacity. And I, not so much to like a, I just, I was a friend while they were going through that. Um, and it was very important to them. And I could see that and I could observe that, which is why they deserved every ounce of sympathy and empathy that I could possibly give. But we had not seen each other for a few months after that. Um, and life goes on. And they said something along the lines to me much later, like when we reconvened or when we reconnected about like, yeah, and when my mom died and I, I did this like, oh my gosh, your mom died? Uh, um, I, like, I'm so sorry. And I like actually am going through the steps of like working my way up to like being an empathetic friend in person. They're like, you were like, yeah, you knew that. And I have to be like, I did? Oh yeah, oh my gosh, yes, you're so right, I did. It's it's not because I didn't care. It's it's like I'm not I'm not forgetting these things because I don't care or because I didn't care. There's just only so much room at the top of my mind. But everything works its way up to the top of my mind at one point or another that it's just like so many ideas and thoughts are just like crammed like ready to come out. So like, yeah, you're your mother passing away was in my mind and it's something I of course knew and remember, but like it wasn't, it wasn't right there. And when it happened and, and sort of, let me, let me flip that around though, because like, I don't know. Am I trying to excuse this? I don't know. Let's just, let me just answer. My worst habit is being incredibly forgetful. Um, is it an addiction? Is it a habit? Is it an affliction? I don't know. But it's something that I'm dealing with and I hope to, um, you know, get better. <laughs> Next question, what's my favorite brand? Um, I don't think I have a favorite brand. Mostly because I wasn't really a brand kid growing up. I'm gonna slightly pivot because I just thought of a, a perhaps um, witty response to this. <laughs> What's your favorite brand? My favorite brand is Cat and Crew. <laughs> K-A-T-A-N-D-C-R-E-W. Um, I don't really have a typed up thing ready to talk about specifically here, but right now, um, they're my homies who are hooking me up. And if you would like to be hooked up, um, you can actually get 10% off by going to catandcrew.com and entering the promo code MONDAY. Um, I don't know if they're selling these, but for my birthday, they hooked me up with this uh, t-shirt. It's the Sad Boys Club with their um, drunk skull design that, you've also, that you can also see right up here in these koozies, which I know you definitely can get the koozies, and I know you definitely can get that skull here that I've got my dragon fruit cactus in. And also this It's Not a Punk House, It's a Punk home banner. These are the things that I rep. They have so, 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 so much more. Um, lots of different uh, cool aesthetic, like ho household aesthetic stuff. Um, anyways, the main point of what I'm trying to say is if you go to Cat and Crew, again, that's K-A-T-A-N-D-C-R-E-W.com and enter the promo code MONDAY, that's M-U-N-D-A-Y, M-U-N-D-A-Y, MONDAY, Go to catandcrew.com, enter the promo code MONDAY, you get 10% off your first purchase.
Um, obviously, exclusions apply. What is it? Uh, uh, prices may vary, terms and conditions and whatever. There's a few new things that they're not applying the discount to, but everything that I listed at the very least, you can get 10% off by going to catandcrew.com, entering the promo code MONDAY. Get 10% off first purchase. But my favorite brand, Beyond Cat and Crew, um, I was a freaking Walmart kid growing up. We couldn't afford anything beyond Walmart. And I'm not kidding. I didn't have any... I don't think I had any name brand things that I cared about besides <sighs> drumsticks. The only thing I exclusively bought or had my parents help me buy was Travis Barker's custom drumsticks. Um, I don't even drum with those now. I think they're too heavy. I think that the rounded head is not... It's not conducive for the way that I drum, but that's the only brand I cared about. And I think that was a partnership with either Vic Firth or Zildjian. I can't remember. Either way, that was the only thing I cared about. I didn't have Vans. I didn't have a name brand skateboard. I didn't have... I think at a certain point, I really liked the way that Chuck Taylors looked or Converse looked. Um... So I would get the like air walk or air speed version of those. Um, same thing with when like people were wearing like, I remember in middle school, Osiris shoes were really big. And that was like when all my friends were like really like leaning into being skateboarders. And I could not afford Osiris shoes, but, uh, Airwalk made a pair that looked really similar. It had the really big fat tongue with like the big wide rectangle laces. And it was like kind of a taller, bulkier, beefier skate shoe. And I remember, I remember somebody calling me out for that. And they're like, they're like you're only wearing those because you can't afford Osiris. Huh? I was like, I don't care, man. I just like the way that these look. Meanwhile, it's like, I couldn't afford shit. Your parent, you couldn't afford shit either, dude. It was your parents who were buying everything for you. But it, correct, my parents could not afford Osiris or Vans or Converse. So they bought me the kind that looked very similar to it at Walmart. And I didn't give a shit. And I, I'm actually very grateful for that. Um, now, look, I know and I have, a, I have a friend, maybe even the person who asked this question directly, um, who's actually very into fashion. Um, it's their whole job is um, like, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, reduce them down to just that's what they are, but they're very interested in fashion. That's they're a fashion person and they've helped explain like why things are as expensive as they are. And I can really, I really do appreciate the value of like, if a person, I mean, I'm an independent creator, right? I'm a freelancer who makes my own art. Um, and if I'm doing weddings or photography or whatever, and if I'm trying to sell that art, part of my pitch is, look, you're not getting like, you know, basic off the shelf store brand cinematography. You're getting custom David material, you know, uh, same thing with clothes. Like if a person sat down and made these things and um, handmade crafts are a huge deal. And I understand that like when you lean into the, like the Walmart thing and I don't do Walmart anymore, actually, to be clear, I, I want to be more specific. I actually do a lot of thrifting. That's where I get most of my clothes now, um, is most, if not all of my clothes are thrifted or given to me. Um, but you know, there can be the opposite argument that like, you know, when you're going to Walmart, you're supporting, you know, uh, you know, uh, what, what is it? Outsourced labor, sometimes slave labor. I, was that an accusation that I just levied at Walmart that I don't have any facts to back up? I, maybe I won't say this. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm digging myself a hole. I don't think I have to be defensive about choosing to buy affordable clothes. That's what I like. That's the brand I like. Affordable Wow, I got really scared there. <laughs> okay. Um, this one annoys the shit out of me. And this is, this is one that I led with. 
I know. I think I know who asked this question, and he doesn't listen. The question is, how do you play in a band with some of the most handsome men I've ever seen? Does this make you feel insecure? And I think that was a question from James Johnson, uh, one of the vocalists and guitarists in our band Midwest Skies. And James, you can go fuck yourself, you ugly son of a bitch. I'm beautiful, perhaps the most beautiful up there on that stage. Um, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. It's starting to rain. Sweet. Honestly, that's something I've been looking forward to. And when the uh, smoke was filled, when the air was filled with smoke on that like last day, it like started, it was the most insane thunderstorm, at least since I've been here. I haven't been a part of a thunderstorm like that in a while. Um, and it just felt like it was like good. I was even Googling like, can rain help <laughs> clear smoke out of the air? Which if you're curious, Rain drops, fall, and catch particulates out of the air and bring them down to the ground. At least that's what the link said that I first clicked on. That could be misinformation. I don't know. It just made me... It was the placebo effect in that I felt better after it rained. I still feel like shit, but when it rained, it felt like, oh, we needed that. And that's kind of what it feels like right now. It's just been hot and gruesome and, again, not to slip into this existentialism again, but the climate's scary, okay? And things are not going well. Um, on that note, next question. Is the earth flat? No. Next question. Ever cried during a movie? Many? Are there specifics? Let's think. Um, <laughs> let's talk about my favorite film of all time because I haven't talked about it on the podcast and why haven't I? First of all, I think one of the greatest films ever made and subsequently is my favorite film of all time. I don't think it's... Well, I might think it's the best film of all time, but that's subjective. It's Interstellar, okay? The Christopher Nolan film starring Matthew McConaughey. Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't even know that I could spoil it given the like the immense plot line and how it actually deals with like time distortion and uh, relativity and all that shit. I, I can, I hardly, upon watching thousands of times, the science still blows my mind, mostly because it's science paired with fiction. And of course that leads to an element of sci-fi, but there is a lot of truth behind some of the science. So it's like hard for me to discern what's the actual truth, what's not, because a lot of it is playing on such real, huge concepts like a climate crisis. Um, anyways, if you haven't seen it, ah, oh shit, if you haven't seen it, I guess fast forward like five minutes or something, because I'm probably going to spoil some of it. Um, and honestly, I don't want you to skip through this podcast, but I really want you to watch Interstellar. I really do. This isn't a spoiler about the ending or anything like that, but essentially one of the main themes is that Matthew McConaughey's character is one of the only pilots capable of taking humanity, of, of crewing a ship in search of a new planet for humanity to go to because there is a, an impending climate apocalypse. And because of some accidental understanding of like where this wormhole that they have to jump through, uh, distorted time, much more time had passed relative to where he is than where his daughter was. And he had to leave his daughter to go on this mission. Um, and so there's a scene now, typically, um, throughout this film, like his children would like, send a message, like a little video message, and then let's say what would the, the remains of NASA, because NASA was like a dwindling program at this time in this film, um, uh, would then broadcast it to the ship. Um, and that, yeah, there would be like a time delay or whatever, but he would be able to see these messages that his kids sent to kind of remind himself of it. But they meant to spend about uh, a year Earth time 
on a on a planet uh, doing a mission, but because of something that went wrong, um, it ended up like 20 years had passed. I can't remember, uh, 18 years maybe had passed. Um, and so Matthew McConaughey is dealing with the reality that like so much time had passed since he had seen his child and his kids probably thought that since this much time had passed and we haven't heard from dad that he's long gone anyway. So there's a scene where it's just a locked off shot of Matthew McConaughey sitting kind of with his hands like this, watching the footage. And you start to see the son who's sending messages get older and older and older until he eventually, he like reveals all these tragic things that have happened in his life while he's been gone. Um, and Matthew McConaughey is just weeping as he deals with the reality that so much time has passed in his loved one's life without him and they've thought he was gone. And so one of the final messages that his son sends is like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're gone anyway, but this is the last message I send. And so Matthew McConaughey is like, no, 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 please. I'm still here. No matter how many times I watch the film, that one still makes me weep. That scene still makes me cry every time. It, it's it, a, it's, you know, well acted Matthew McConaughey, despite his personality flaws, is a really talented actor. Christopher Nolan, I would argue, is one of the best living directors right now, which I'm actually really excited in a couple of weeks to go see his new film, Oppenheimer. Um, I guess that's a story for another day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that one, that one, that scene makes me cry all the time. I'm a big baby too. Like, so... There's actually, I'm going to have to unfortunately jump past a few and get to this because I guess let's just jump. This next one says, when did you last cry and why? Um, fortunately, but unfortunately, and I think I've talked about this in a podcast before, it's really difficult for me to cry these days. <laughs> um, and that is not like a, it's real tough to make me cry. Okay. I can't, I don't feel things anymore. But... I don't feel things anymore. <laughs> and that's kind of a good thing. Um, to a certain degree. Since I've been on my antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication, my moods are stabilized. I don't know that it is a mood stabilizer by definition. I know that there are some that are mood stabilizers, but I would argue that my mood is much more stable while I'm on those. Um... So since being on those, it's been a long time since I've like wept. I would argue that the last time I wept was right before I moved here to Grand Rapids after a pretty unfortunately tragic breakup. And that was like a, a thing that had been going on for a while ended. So I was dealing with the loss of regularity. Um, or... Uh, yeah, regularity. Sure, let's use that as the word. Uh, since then, I'll have moments where I get really emotional and I'll get choked up. And this is kind of why I tied it here. Like, ever cried during a movie? That was the primary question. Yeah, I get choked up all the time. And like, I'm not ashamed of it. If a movie or a film can make me feel after everything, <laughs> that's great. That's a good movie. And I, I'll give it credit. I love I love to cry. I, c crying is cathartic, therapeutic. I feel like I'm always using the word cathartic wrong. But um, crying is good. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Crying is good. Um, but I can't really do it lately. I, I can't. And maybe, the, again, that's a good thing. Maybe that's so helpful for me because... All I used to do was cry, man. All I would ever do is just sit and weep and cry and dwell on the past and my pain and woe is me. And now it takes a lot or something monumental for me to really get there. Um, do tears come up to my eyes all the time? Uh, out of sadness, not as much. I have a lot of good cries, like a, a lot of good feeling tears, a, a lot of good tears. 
I produce a lot of good tears, <laughs> but I don't, I don't cry a lot of sad cries. Um, that, you know, TBD on if that will remain when an inevitable tragedy, whether it's the loss of a loved one and more specifically the loss of my dogs, and I'm looking down at them right now. Um, I, I don't know. When is the last time I cried? Yeah, probably December of 2021. And I really think that's the true answer. Um, okay. What makes me feel, well, what makes you feel the most nostalgic? Nostalgic. Um, hmm. I've got a, I think I've got an answer for that. Um, so lately I've been working on something that I would argue, I don't think I've ever been more proud of a film adjacent project, like a video or a YouTube video adjacent project than the one that I'm working on with Nikolai Van Stinas right now. Um, maybe by the time that this comes out, we'll have announced the official date. Uh, okay, I let's just say this. I believe that our short film will be coming out around the holiday week, the 4th of July week. Could be the Friday, could be the Sunday after, could be the Monday after, but it's com it's coming out within the next two weeks. And all we've shown so far, far is trailers. Trailers that do it absolutely no justice. And I'm not saying that they look bad. I'm saying that what we've made is so unlike anything I've ever made. And I don't just mean this visually. I certainly mean it visually as a compliment to Nikolai in like his abilities as a cinematographer. And I just love the camera that he's using as well. Um, but I don't just mean it that way. It just like, it seems like it's the most clear representation that we're kind of good at what we do, where it's not, we're not just dudes with a camera who have some lights and who have fun telling creepy stories about an animal skull. Uh, but holy shit, it looks good. It sounds good. We spent an entire weekend shooting a short film, which I then spent a few weeks editing as on a timeline, which then was followed up by me going back to Nikolai's and us working for another 48 to 72 hours on sound design, as in making handmade audio, like, or hand-created audio for every single shot in this entire short film. That's about six and a half minutes which then was left in his hands for, what, three weeks now since then? Gus, hey, sorry, bud. Gus is having a, a bit of an aggressive dream down below me. Um, which Nick has now spent what, like three weeks or so editing with After Effects, doing the color grading, balancing the audio, and just leveling it up to a place that I don't think I ever could have taken it. Um, certainly not behind the or certainly not with After Effects. I, I don't do, I don't mean I don't want to do, but I, I've talked about this many times on the on the podcast that like holding the camera, being the cinematographer, for work is fine. If it's a thing that I gotta do to get a paycheck, sure, I'll do it, that's fine. But for my own creative projects, I would really like to act and direct um, oversee some of the, the writing, um, you know, cause I'm an attention whore. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. But, but what makes me feel the most nostalgic? I, it's uh, working with old friends. Like we used to do this kind of shit back in high school. Uh, maybe even now we didn't meet until I was a, f well, I was in eighth grade and he was just a wee lad, but I, more so when I was in high school, freshman, and he would have been in, Nick's two years younger than me, so 
whatever that means. Um, it makes me feel nostalgic just working with my friends again. And a lot of my friends, a lot of that comes down to like the guys in Live For Tomorrow, um, which is a band that started in my basement when we were all just little kids that I was in for probably 10 years. No, probably not 10 years. Ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. I was in for a long period of time and then left. And they have continued on. Um, but anytime I do anything with those guys or any, anything with anybody from back home, and sometimes I can just be talking to like, talking about the good old days with the pals. Some and a lot of pals from those good old days are people I'll never talk to ever again in my life. Um, but reminiscing, you know, that's, that's what makes me feel nostalgic. And maybe that's not an answer. What makes me feel nostalgic? Nostalgia. Uh, but this whole process in creating this film with Nikolai has been a tap into what it's like to have that like childhood energy to make and tell a story and just have fun with your buds with like no stakes involved other than reflecting on how far we've come. And that's, that's cool. That that's so cool. What we were able to do, what we've been able to do. And I cannot wait to, to show you guys what we've done. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's what makes me feel the most nostalgic. So let's move on to the next one. Um, let's see. When it comes to jokes, what's considered too much to you? Huh. That's a tough one. Because, you know, we live in a much different age than, say, 10 years ago when it comes to quote-unquote cancel culture. Because first of all, there's an argument to be made that cancel culture isn't even real. That anybody who's been canceled has really only just been either held accountable for their actions or they've come back, you know? Um, I, I mean, I'm not even talking about the accusations or specifics themselves. Let's talk about the cancellation of the comedians Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle. They're both maybe bigger than ever, arguably. I don't, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I don't care. What I mean is I don't think cancel culture is the same as people refer to it. Do I think you should be canceled for a joke? And, and let's define canceled, right? I would say no longer allowed to work in a field of your choice because of actions that others deem inappropriate. Sure, does that, does that work for all this? I don't think jokes are cancelable. I think they're distasteful sometimes. And sometimes a joke can be offensive, but the word offensive is subjective. It just is, right? Like, if I'm offended by something and somebody else is offended by it, it's offensive to me, but it's not offensive inherently. And sometimes I think that when you kind of censor jokes or tell people that they can't joke about one thing or another, I think that that sort of impedes on the whole First Amendment thing. Like, we should be able to say whatever we want. Does that mean you can shout fire in a movie theater? No. But does shouting fire in a movie theater, is that even the same? Because shouting fire in a movie theater makes people panic. Making a joke makes people angry, right? Like, it hurts somebody's feelings and they can respond. They can punch you. I'm not saying it's appropriate. Violence is never the answer. But I don't know. I don't think a joke is dangerous. Now, uh, on sort of the flip side of that, yeah, I mean, if, I don't know, can cancellation is really such Hollywood term too, because it's like someone's only canceled if 
the people with the money decide that they're no longer willing to spend the money to put this person on the airwaves, right? Like if a person is canceled, that means executives won't hire them because they think that they're too uh, hot of an item, you know, they or too controversial. They got to step away. Maybe the maybe the advertisers, they're not advertiser friendly. Canceling means you're no longer advertiser friendly, right? I think that's all that means. But advertisers aren't everything. And they're not. Um, I don't know. What's what's too much? I don't know. Pranks and jokes are not the same. Let's let's be clear about that. Okay? If I say this guy is a big dummy, <laughs> that's a joke. If I prank him by embarrassing him in front of everyone, I don't know. I don't know. I think too much is just really subjective. But all I really do know is that pranks and jokes are not the same. The whole, it's just a prank. It's just a, a prank, bro. No. Like, if you throw a water balloon at me in public and I didn't want to be splashed with a water balloon, is it a prank? Sure. Am I going to be pissed? Yeah. Um, is it a bad prank? Is it a bad joke? It's subjective because somebody could get hit with splash with a water balloon and be like, Haha, that was a good one. It's a real hot day. I actually really, I could have used that. It was a bad prank to me. Was it a bad prank to them? I don't know. Some things that people claim are pranks just aren't pranks. Um, you know, there's a difference between pranking and bullying. I think the lines get blurred between pranking, joking, and bullying. A lot of it is subjective, but I think at the end of the day, you should not censor people because when it's flipped, like, you know, let's be, I, I see, do I see myself in the middle? No, I see myself as what would be considered, I guess, a leftist a person on the left. Am I a liberal? No. Am I a Democrat? No. Do I end up voting for liberals and Democrats more often than not? Yeah. But did the, the Biden and Trump thing as an analogy. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, you can't joke about Joe Biden's age because he could die soon, right? Those same people were joking about everything Donald Trump did. And I was one of those people, the people that joke about everything Donald Trump did because I think he's a clown. And I think the more that you talk about things openly and publicly, you know, freedom of speech, is a good thing. Healthy dialogue is a good thing. And, you know, if you can handle dishing it, then you should also handle receiving it. So too much, while it is subjective, it's, it's, it's also like, I don't know, I'm really hung up on this one. Because I, I don't think there's a clear answer. I guess it does say what is considered too much to you. And I don't think there is a too much. I just don't know where the line is because I think that you can joke about anything. Uh, John Stewart very famously said uh, after 9-11, he said, if, no, I don't think it was after 9-11, maybe it was after a school shooting. Uh, he basically said, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, if comedy equals tragedy plus time, then I just need a little more fucking time. That's how he processed that situation. And yeah, comedy is tragedy plus time plus timing. Right place, right room. Try not to punch down. Um, and just be mindful that people take things differently than you do. And you don't have to say like, well, fuck it. Like that's their problem. It is their problem, but don't make it everybody else's problem by engaging, you know, in that way. <sighs> what else do I have here? I think the rest of the questions are, dare I say, either not good <laughs> or just um, not something I really have an answer for right now. I guess the last one I could touch on is what's something you judge people for, but you know you shouldn't. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't think I had an answer for this until now. Having children. <laughs> I shouldn't judge you. Uh, and I, I don't know if I judge you so much as I comment about you or critique you or whatever. Um, I just think about how much I want to do in life and how difficult it's already been to do those things with two dogs. And then I see some people who want to pursue, maybe not the same things, but just as ambitious of things as I do, who also are like, but I have to have children as soon as possible. It's like, I don't, are there some people who can do that? Yes. Can I do that? Fuck no. No, I can't. And selfishly, I know that I want to achieve those things more than I want to reproduce, especially in a world. One of the reasons I shouldn't judge people is because it's the most natural thing in the world to want children and to have and raise a family. Um, everyone is here today because of that. But I see the world as it looks to be in about 20 years. And having a child now means that they would hit their stride of adulthood and independence in, in a way that none, no, no modern humans ever have. Um, you know, like the, the hope and dream for every parent is that they leave this world a better place than when they inherited it for their children. That they set their kids up to have a better life than they did. And I could not, I, I just could not promise my child that. And it's not, it's not my, whoa, I'm sorry, I punched this. I just get so heated about kids. It makes me mad. Um, it's not my fault that the planet is burning. It's not my fault that my child would grow up in that, but it would be my fault to have had a child knowing full well what's, what's happening. And I think some people deep down know that, but selfishly, I'm not saying people had kids for the likes on Instagram. Some did, and you know they did. I'm not saying you did, but some did. You might even know someone who did. But I, uh, I see too many people who, who know what they're getting into. And they know that I see how they treat their dogs. I see how they treat people around them. I see how they've done none of the work on themselves. And so they use their children as a pet project to like make a better human than they were crafted into. But like, you gotta do the work first. I get like fertility and virility. You wanna get it while the getting's good? You know, freaking pump a few kids out before you can't. But I think that's selfish. So I judge people for it, but I shouldn't. Because if people didn't do that, I wouldn't be here today. None of us would. Uh, do I think humanity is a scourge, is a, is, a, is a parasite on the planet? Yeah. But we're here, right? We got to keep trying to go as long as we can. If not, just to say we did it. Um, and I'm happy to have had my place in that human story. But I don't need to be the author of more chapters. Okay? So I judge you. But I shouldn't. And I know that. But I do. And with that... <laughs> Hey, uh, one last thing. We are working on our EP, Midwest Skies. We have released one single 
which if you have not heard it, we're almost up to 10,000 streams on Spotify and almost up to 1,000 views on the music video. Please, please help us get there. I'm begging you. Um, it's, already, it's already well beyond anything I've ever done. I think it's the coolest thing in the world that people like it as much as they do. So it's already exceeded my own expectations. But 10,000 is a cool number and 1,000 is a cool number. And there's more music coming. Uh, we're recording another single in the booth right now, in the studio right now. And when I say studio, it's Kyle's basement. Everything's done down there. <laughs> um, but there will be an EP shortly thereafter. Like we will continue to, to record the songs that we have already written. The EP is written. And that, again, just like the short film, is such a validating feeling to listen back and not just hear a cool thing, but hear growth. Acknowledge that some of the parts of that growth are, are me. It's my growth as a drummer, as a musician, as a vocalist. And of course, on Kyle and James, who I can't believe haven't been on this podcast yet. There just hasn't been a, the right time. I don't know why. They'll be on. Don't worry. They'll be on. James doesn't listen anyway. Kyle doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> um, but the more, the more pressing thing beyond that EP that's coming up, the short film, Penelope. Um, if you haven't seen the uh, teasers, please go to youtube.com slash at David J. Mund and watch that. If you're listening to the audio version, even if you don't watch the YouTube version, um, if you have a YouTube channel, hit subscribe, okay? That really helps boost the numbers. I still envision a world, I don't care if it's childish or ambitious or whatever, I see a world where I can make this YouTube thing happen. And I don't just mean the podcast. Not only does this short film have like a lot of, it means a lot to me that we did it, but I've got an entire behind the scenes edit. And that like, that's the more, that's the more, uh, heartwarming stuff that I like to make. I like to show people the process of what it's like to go on the emotional roller coaster of making something you're proud of. And there's a few moments in that behind the scenes where like we thought we fucked the whole thing up. I can't tell you how many films I've made that are sitting on this computer that will never see the light of day just because like I'm too insecure about him. But this, I look at with legitimate pride and acknowledgement that, oh my God, we've come so far. Like what we're doing, what we've done is better than anything I think visually we've ever done. Of course, cinematically, if, if we want to use that word. But it's also the most proud I've been of a project. And that feels really good. Just to just even have the ability to feel proud of myself is an inexplainable feeling that I once thought I could never feel. <laughs> okay, I'm talking too long. Um, thank you guys for listening to the ADH Deep Dive. I am David J. Mund, your bald host. Thank you for the birthday wishes from a few weeks ago. Um, what else we got? catandcrew.com, K-A-T-A-N-D-C-R-E-W.com, catandcrew.com. Enter the promo code MONDAY, M-U-N-D-A-Y. Get 10% off your first purchase. Go to MidwestSkiesRock.com to buy your Come Back For Me t-shirt or stickers or patches or pins. Oh my God, we're getting dad hats and snapbacks that I'll probably rep on either the next podcast or the podcast after. But we're getting more merch. Um, we're getting more merch in. Um, and they will be limited time offers. So once they're ready, I don't know, just keep hovering on MidwestSkiesRock.com. That's where you'll get all the information. Listen to our single, Come Back For Me. And then if you really feel like it, also watch the music video afterward. It would mean a lot to me. <sighs> and then, so thank you for joining the ADHD Deep Dive. Keep going. I love you. And I'll see you next week.